Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another episode of the Blacksmith's Furnace with me, Robert. And me, Pete. Me, Mo. And we've got like a whole host of guests. We're currently at, at like a barbecue. Yeah. So we're going to have voices popping in and out. We're not going to bait out names <laughs> just, just so that people can say what they want to say without... <laughs> Any, any, any sort of anything, but yeah, no, should be good. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll leave story time for Moses today. I'll, I'll do the prelude. All right. Because right so, so Moses invited us to a barbecue, innit? Yep. Yes, he did. He said. Right. So you. Oh, hold on. So Moses said, the barbecue starts at three, but get there for four. Mm. Like, like, warning bell should have gone off in my head to begin with <laughs> when you said that. I'm alright, most said four, so I'll get there for four. So we come, I meet PR, we get here four on the dot. We come inside, mm. and then there's no more. We're waiting for like half an hour, still no more. So, more, what happened? Do you know what it is though, yeah? No. And not every time I say, you know what it is, it just sounds like I'm coming with an excuse. So I ain't even gonna say that. I'm not coming with an excuse. So the reality of the situation is, there's a sequence of events that ensured that. <laughs> there's a sequence of events that meant that I was gonna I was gonna be late. Now I wasn't in the best of moods to convey that. I tried to call Peter, but I don't know why Peter has a phone. <laughs> I do not know why this guy has a phone. Every time I call him, it goes straight to voicemail. Maybe straight, it just rings out and goes to voicemail. So I call him, the guy doesn't pick up. And I was just like, yo. Can you clarify what time you called me? I called you at four. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, I was waiting. I, I'm not I'm not going to throw shade on anyone. Yeah, so I'm not, I'm not going to say anything. I'll take the blame. He was waiting for me. I was late. I was waiting for my wife <laughs> to come back home. Because I had Leia, we had the barbecue stuff. It would be a whole lot easier if I had a second pair of hands to help me bring everything in. So I was waiting for her to come down. And literally, Leia woke up after 3 o'clock. She went down for her nap around 12 and woke up after 3 o'clock. Mm-hmm. I was expecting my wife to be home about them times so that we can get everything ready and come. And as soon as Leia woke up, I knew she was hungry because she didn't really have much breakfast. Mm-hmm. So as soon as she woke up, I got her something to eat. After I finished reading it, then my wife called me. These times it was about like quarter to four or something. Then she called me and said, oh, she's still at Clapham Junction trying to sort things out. So I'm like, all right, cool. That, that just put throws everything out of whack. Then I called Peter to be like, all right, cool. On your way there, will it be possible to pass through here? Because literally, my house is not far from here. It's like five minutes away. It literally is. So pass through here so that I can come into your car and drive down. But hold on, hold on. If, if I was supposed to get it for four, how can you then call at quarter two four? So because that's I was speaking to my wife. At quarter two four? Yeah. And then after that? After that, I had to figure out what I was going to do. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Grace, Grace, Grace. It's cool. It's I don't cool. know about that, but... <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So we are currently with Mo's church, Mo's Jamelia's church. And family. And family. family. Yes. So is it church and family? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. That should be family. Church should be family. Well, that's not always the case. And you guys are Pentecostals. Yeah. Are we? I don't know. Are you? I belong to the body of Christ. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> I see faces just. Do you know what, Ian? In terms of. I find this very interesting. Because, in terms of exposures to different denominations. Okay, firstly, I heard someone refer to denominations as. Um, an acronym for demon and nations. 
Okay. So the divisions mm. within it, demons and nation. And if you look at denominations, the actual spelling of it, you can break it up into it. Mm. So I found that a bit interesting. Um, and also I feel like denominations can sometimes bring more division than unity. Mm. Sometimes the way they're kind of viewed and handled, they can bring a bit more division than unity. I do appreciate denominations though because for some people it it clicks in a lot easier with the way they worship. For some people they're a lot more quiet reserved and like um, a quiet reserved sort of church will suit them mm. in terms of worshiping stuff. For other people, their culture dictates that they're very shouty, clappy, tambourine, flags, the whole nine yards. And going to a quiet church won't really suit them because they won't be able to express their worship to the fullness that they can. Mm. So going to a church like that, and I tend to see that in, it might be a generalization, but in more Pentecostal churches, you get a lot more like expressions of worship. Mm. So you get like flags, you get um, tambourines, you get different, and I say, I say it's a generalization because I haven't been to any church under every denomination, so I know that there'll be variations within them. But um, whilst other churches like Baptists and stuff like that might be more lenient towards soft music, reflective, rather than shouting and stuff. Can I answer the question, you know? What? What's the denomination of your church? Yeah, I was going to say, I've moved from different churches. No, the church that you're in right now. I don't know what the denomination is. <laughs> I'm not even lie, I do not know what the denomination is. I think they're Pentecostal, I think. Would, would anybody else like to help, help Moses? They probably class themselves as evangelical. Where? So, they don't, they don't know what church I go to. I purposefully don't mention the names of the church I go to. Just so Moses can say anything he wants Just so I can be reckless <laughs> and no one knows the church. I could be open and honest and you don't know the church I'm going to. Well, I didn't say then. Thank you. <laughs> I think I definitely belong to a Pentecostal yes, church. Okay. It's yes. in the name. Yes. Church of Pentecost. So it has to be. Okay. Yeah. So, one thing I've noticed. What church are you know? Oh, yeah. I'm from the Salvation. Yeah, salvation. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not Salvationist. I go to Salvation. Yeah, but your denomination is Salvation. No, 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 no. What denomination is it? It's, it's, it's Salvationist, but I'm not yeah, Salvationist. So the denomination is Salvation. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, okay. So for you to say anyway suggests other people aren't in the room. So just to let you know, I go to a non-denominational church, and that's their classification. Okay. Because their expression would be seen as Pentecostal, mm-hmm. but they're also reflective and everything else. Okay. Mm. okay. okay. So, so therefore, we are classified as non-denominational, mm. and therefore not part of a bodily function in regards to denominations. Mm. Mm. Okay. Okay. And I thank God for that. <laughs> Okay. The denomination just brings about factionality and actually the idea of it really is just to make people feel more comfortable in being separatists rather than being together. Oh. It gives people is. permission <laughs> to do their own thing rather than to do God's thing. Yes. <laughs> and and that, that definitely is seen in the sense of in Paul's day or in the early, mm-hmm. early church there wasn't so much as denomination, there was just geographical location. So you've got the church at Corinth, the church at Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And it would be a matter of, because you guys are within proximity of each other, gather together and then, you know, worship or study the word. Um, whereas, as, as has been said, with de- denominations, it does almost to some extent provide a comfort zone. Mm-hmm. I mean, both, we all know that comfort zones don't necessarily actually yield that much. Well, that's, that's, that's fair enough. Well, we talked about how different churches express 
Mm-hmm. They'll praise and worship in different ways. Mm-hmm. And if church was was music, Pentecostal <laughs> the locals would be the grime scene. Would <laughs> <laughs> be the grime scene. Would be the grime scene. Just, I thought you were about to say like techno or something no, like no, that. No, no, no. <laughs> just sort of like the energy and like. <laughs> Let me know. Energy. I would have to disagree. You think so? Because then that then suggests that being non-denominational doesn't really have a space for any of that. And what you're really saying then is that the church that I am part of doesn't fall within where it is you've placed, where you've placed everybody else. What do you mean? So, as I said, the expression in regards to the church that I attend is the expression will be seen as charismatic and Pentecostal Mm. however though that's the case we are very much evangelical and very reflective and all the rest Mm -hmm. of that Mm. so I'm just very careful and that's exactly what I'm talking about that the whole issue with denomination is it means that people try to categorise and label things, people and ways of doing things Mm. and actually if we come away from that then we would have a problem with each other in the first place Mm -hmm. so because then it then becomes to not just denomination then it's doctrines too Yes. Mm. and the way we do things, how we see things, the way we believe things should be done and said and referred to Mm. that too is a problem Mm. Mm. So so how do you think such a problem can be Remain non-denominational and done. Mm. Because denominations is just to make you feel comfortable in the place you are to give you a label so you can sit well in the place that you are. Mm. And gives you permission not to move or be different or be challenged to do anything else. I think what you what you start to see, even in churches that maybe um, like for instance for my church being very much Pentecostal falling under that denomination what we what I tend to see and what we've come to see as a, as a body is it starts to be more cultural than biblical as, as you said initially and the progression from there um, as led by the spirit is to try to cater to everyone or cater to everyone's expression or try to move away from the culture move towards the bible um, and implement the bible as it's as as it is um, i think as it was written one thing that i find very crucial in a church setting as well and you touched on it is doctrine mm. where it's a case of um typically the pentecostal or the charismatic scene will push the move of the holy spirit somewhat as in some places to the detriment of like true grounding and understanding and diligent study of the word mm-hmm. in its entirety. You just be like, just follow the Holy Spirit, whatever the Holy Spirit says, and they don't necessarily focus on be grounded in your word. No, be a Berean. When someone says something, when someone says something, go into the word, study it, find out, make sure if it's true or not before you actually go on. Even if someone gives you a prophecy, pray on it. Check the word, see if it's of God before you actually stand on it. They, they will just and it's different denominations have different kind of emphasis and focuses mm. when it comes to doctrine. So um, I will find myself looking at like um, tulip, the five points of Calvinism, where um, just talking about grace and everything like that, and thinking about um, just looking at biblical truths and how those flesh out. And then also seeing how the Spirit of God flows in that prophetically and in the gifts of the Holy Spirit as well. Mm. And 
as I said, different denominations kind of focus on different things, and there is a sort of comfortability in the sense of I'm not really fo- bothered about doctrine, so I'm gonna go to this church that just focus on the move of the Holy Spirit. So I don't necessarily need to focus on studying my word. I can just say I speak in tongues for five times, five days a week, um, for five hours a week. So in the in the eyes of my church and of the pastor, I'm good. I'm not studying my word, I'm praying in tongues, so I'm good. And there's another church that focuses a lot more on diligent study rather than um, prayer and stuff, mm. or even praying in the Holy Spirit. So they'll be like, all right, cool, I attend Bible study five times a week, but I don't spend any time in prayer. But because I do that diligent study, in the eyes of the church, you're cool. So again, I think it, it is, as you guys were saying, in terms of different emphasis and stuff. Um, but also I feel as... Paul said to Timothy, I believe, people will be drawn to what they want to hear. So, I want to hear about Jesus loves me, he doesn't care about my sins, I don't need to repent, his love covers all, I can continue my sins and he still loves me, and I will find a church that does that. Mm. But I believe that those who truly hunger for God will try to seek out a church that has a balance, irrespective of denomination yeah. irrespective of whatever label they put to it mm-hmm. so long as there's a sort of balance between all facets of the faith mm-hmm. I think they'll kind of flow or gravitate to it mm-hmm. or God will lead them to it yeah. that, that actually points out a, another aspect of this the whole separatist ideology in the sense of I was going to ask you would you call Calvinist a denomination? I would say it's become a denomination right but I don't believe he started off thinking he wanted to make um, no, a denomination. No. Because when Martin Luther first started it, he wanted to bring reform to the Catholic Church. Mm. So when he brought out the 95 Thesis and they got, he had to argue and everything, his whole emphasis was there's this flaw within the Catholic Church of it being work-driven. Mm. You, can buy a, you can buy forgiveness... Crusades, all of these things was very much works driven. Yeah. But he read Galatians and was like, yo, like it is, it is by grace that we are saved. And mm. we've kind of missed it. Yeah. So he tried to bring reform and then he got excommunicated. Yeah. I believe so. And then he was like, all right, cool. I will teach this amongst the people that I'm, I'm surrounded with. And then Calvin kind of followed along his precepts. Calvin's time was like hundreds of years after him. Mm. And Calvin still picked up on the truths and refined it a lot more, studied more diligently and, and propagated it a, yeah. a lot further. But even he said it requires study, isn't it? It's not like these are definitely yeah. the rules. Yeah. Yeah. But then so it has I believe that he never intended, even the one thing I like about Calvin was that he ensured that he was buried somewhere without a tombstone. Mm. Because he did not want to be idolized, he did, he did not want to be put on a pedestal. Mm. He just wanted the gospel to be spread, mm. to be spread, mm. and I think that's the emphasis: mm. spreading truth rather than spreading a title, a banner, or an umbrella. Mm. But I think, as human beings, we are. It's a lot easier for us to put things into categories to be able to recognize and and to understand how to deal with it a lot easier. Mm. So it's easier for us to say, all right, cool. So even Christians, oh, these guys look like Christ. We're going to call them Christians yes. so we can categorize them. We're going to be like, all right, cool. They're, that's them. Mm. So these guys follow Calvinist teachings. We're going to call them Calvinists. Mm. These guys follow this guy's teaching. We're going to call them this. Mm. And that's why even Paul said there's no Paul or Apollos. Yes. Everyone's yes. under Christ. Yes. So that, that should be the emphasis. Yeah. But I think as humans, we need, to a degree, we need categories to be able to deal, deal with different situations. So we've created them. 
somewhat to a detriment mm. than to than to its advantage. Mm. Where we start to look down on different things and we start to idealize different things rather than just being able to interact with it more appropriately. And I think they take it even further because actually you have you have the you have the doctrine of, of Calvinism, mm-hmm. and then you've got the doctrine of oneness in Christ, yes. mm-hmm. and all variances within that as well. And actually, when you look at the root of all those things, what you're really dealing with is identity, mm-hmm. and where people want to launch mm-hmm. themselves mm-hmm. into different places, mm-hmm. so that they can be able to say, well, this is what I belong to, this mm-hmm. is what I believe, this is therefore who I am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When actually, what we should just be is disciples of Jesus Christ, yeah. and ultimately following his mm-hmm. teachings mm-hmm. and doing what it is that he commands in his word, mm-hmm. and therefore we'll be all done and dusted, and it would be wonderful, and it'd be <laughs> But I'm finding more and more that, and then people take it even deeper to say, you know, if you are, if you're, let's say, whatever denomination it is, you are, or you follow a particular doctrine, that means you're now going to hell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you're not baptized in Jesus' name, you're going to hell. Mm-hmm. If you're baptized in the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, then you're going to yeah. hell. And there's yeah. all these different things. And all they're really designed to do is to just cause division. There's nothing mm. else. In regards to the fruit of it, it's not like we've seen great fruits come mm. out of this. Mm. What we've actually seen, particularly yeah. in our day, is yeah. division. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, not just division, but we're having cellular activity where people are becoming smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah. So our voices become diminished. Mm. Other places, although they've got factions and different ways of doing things, generally have one or the other. Yes, yeah, that's true. Whereas we have so many, yep. mm. and that's often the criticism that most people have of us, because mm. you all, you all don't seem to know who you are. Because mm-hmm. you're saying one thing, you're saying the same thing, but you're looking at the same book. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And that's a problem. That's that's exactly the the argument Muslims put forward. So they'll say like why there's so many different denominations. Mm. In Islam, there's only two different Absolutely. two different factions. Absolutely. If you believe yeah. Muhammad was the last prophet, mm. which I think is like Shia, or you believe the prophets after that, which is Shumi. Mm. Two. So if you believe, and then that's if you believe the different prophets, then you kind of slot yourself into whichever prophet you believe holds the most recent revelation of God. But if you believe Muhammad is the last prophet, then you just hold on to whatever he says, and you don't necessarily look at other prophets. You might look to them for teachings, but you won't hold fast to whatever they're saying. And there's that two divisions. And also when I look in the Word, Jesus just said, they'll know that you're my disciples by your love for each other, not necessarily by your denomination or what doctrinal truths you hold or anything like that. And I'm like, Muslims get that more right than we do. So it's like, so long as you go to the same, even you go to the same mosque, you can be from here, go to Luton, go to the mosque, everyone, salam alaikum, salam alaikum, oh, welcome, nice to see you, blah, 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 and it's, it's just love. But it's deeper than that, because not only is it that, because I have a number of Muslim friends, um, but what I'm finding is that if I go now, if I was to go to one mosque or to another, then we would be doing the same thing. Mm. The same movement in the same way. Right, mm-hmm. right. So the fundamentals of the way we do things is the same. Mm. But then if I go to one place in regards to one denomination and then go to another, then if I start speaking in tongues in one denomination, oh. then I am demon-possessed. Mm-hmm. If I then start to um, dance in the spirit, then I'm somebody else. Mm-hmm. And therefore, there is a sense within regards to domination, denominations that we are factions, we are separated, we are not together and therefore we must be confused. Yeah. One, one way I've heard it explained is that people express their love in different ways which is why these different forms of worship have 
mm. have come up, mm. like uh, like you were saying before. Mm. Some people like to be quiet. Some people like to make noise. And I guess what's happening is people that like to make noise have all gathered together. People like to be quiet have all gathered together. Mm. And but I think it's it's more than that. In in that. That's why you can have something like a non-denominational church and like you go, we go union, you've got like Christian union, which is non-denominational. If you believe in Christ, come here because... But, <laughs> but then even with speaking about Christian union, mm. like in our, in uni, yeah. there was Christian union. There was Christian union. And then there was Unite. Yeah. Which is where... Which yeah, it's different, but which had different aims or, or different um, focuses. So Christian Union was just Christians come together, and then you know we did in, unite was events. In our union, we also had Christian Union, mm. and then we had D4C, which was designed for Christ, mm. and it was basically separatist because certain types of Christians went to Christian Union, right. and the rest of us was like, designed for Christ. Yeah, mm. so, uh, yeah. I was just going to say like unite. Like ninety nine point nine percent of the population were were black or black Christians. Yeah, I mean, but you know, to come to that, unite. We did have, we did try and have like joint events, and we realized, we recognized, because there was also every nation as well, which every nation was even a church. So we had Christian Union, which was just fellowship for Christians. Unite, which was supposed to be events and um, stuff like that, workshops, and then you had every nation, which was actually a church affiliated to the union. Mm. So it's not necessarily separatist in that sense because, and also we, we came together and did stuff together and tried to have events. Yeah, but well. it, it kind of seemed like instead of us being three branches of the same tree, we're three different trees. Three different trees. <laughs> <laughs> like, fair, yeah, man. because like when, when we came together, mm. there, there, there wasn't really a lot of synergy between us. Uh, that's true, yeah. That's true. Which, if we're all Christians, with the same purpose of pursuing God, mm. we should have just been e- easy to like slot into what each other was doing. Yeah. But that wasn't the case. So that's that's what that's the point I was, I was getting to in the sense of where with Islam you've got the Quran, you know, you've got one book. We've also got the Bible, but in Christendom you've got different focuses on the Bible. So you've got some people that will focus on the New Testament, others that focus on the Old Testament. And then you've got others that will add other books to it, Hi. you know. So, and they all fall under this banner of Christianity. Because then you shouldn't have that problem where if I go to one place and I speak in tongues, I'm considered demon possessed. Like that, that shouldn't be there because it's in the Bible. But because there are different focuses, even on the Bible, and we're not taking the entirety of the text mm-hmm. and studying the entirety of the text to get the full counsel of God. I well, I actually believe the real reason why we have so many different factions is because we're rebellious in nature and because of our rebellion we want to form something that makes us comfortable Mm. so we do that by forming or bringing together different things in regards to denominations when you say rebellious in nature you're saying as human beings absolutely but then why that that then begs the question as to why we don't see the same behavior in islam where you've got you know you've got those two factions but then Apart from that, for the general populace, they kind of all fall into the same. I think the difference there is that when you look at the difference between the two main factions in Islam, mm. it's very much the same in a way in regards to Protestant and Catholicism, mm. in regards to that separatism, because as you had said before, 
there are one where it is specifically linked towards the Prophet Muhammad, there are others which speak about variances within prophecies and those prophets within that. Mm. Very similar mm. to what's happening with us. The only difference with us is that ours is more pronounced and more um, easily seen and identified mm. in regards to the way it is that we worship as well. Mm. And that's what brings further factions in the way we do things. I also think, like, with, with Christianity, we've had a lot of outside influence as to as to our religion so like the whole church of england we've coming from king henry wanting to have to, wanting to um, divorce his wife and like when you have that outside influence or people trying to make the church what they, they want it to to, to, to become then if it's happened once then you, you don't really have like an excuse as to why it can't happen again um so where do you think the solution lies Maybe let let's let's not talk about the the whole church and the whole world because that's not that's not something that can all tackle in one lifetime. So let so let's talk about our churches. Mm. Where do you think synergy with other churches? It must can happen? start from leadership. It has to. Mm. It cannot start from the pew. It must start from the pulpit. It must start from headship. It must start from senior leadership mm. and it needs to start from the people who are the governing bodies and the voice of the church. Mm. If that's not going to happen, then we'll be in trouble. Because actually, if you speak to a lot of congruents, you find that often they are intermingling, interlinking and doing stuff. Mm. But when you speak to some people in regards to leadership and senior leadership, that's not necessarily the same thing's happening mm. unless they're under a particular body or doing a specific assignment. Mm. Mm. Do you feel like within your church you've got that leadership that can Make such that's why I go to the church. I go to <laughs> non-denominational. Yeah, yeah. What about not you? just non-denomination, but I go mm. to a church where it is that they're very much about doing things together. Whomever you are, wherever you are from, mm. so long as Jesus is your centre, then let's make this thing happen. I think with your question as well, I think that's where we can kind of fall into pitfalls because Jehovah Witnesses. I'm calling names. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> calling names. They, the leader of it, believed he had received a revelation that the rest of the church has missed. Mm. So he thought he was mo- walking, it, he was moving in truth, mm. which is not. Mm. But he thought he was moving in truth, and he was saying, "All of you guys need to conform to my truth." Mm. So it's like, we, and exactly as you guys were saying, we've got heads of different factions who believe that they're holding on to the truth not necessarily willing to listen to the truth that people present. Mm. They're just saying, you guys need to conform, conform to my truth mm. because I've studied the word or we've had X amount of people study the word and this is the end result that they've come to. Mm. So I had Mormons come to me the other day and they were saying, the Bible's been corrupted so we've got external books to verify the parts and do this and do that. Mm. And I'm just saying, how can I know that your parts ain't corrupted? Mm. Because the Bible tells me that everything that is sufficient for a godly life is contained within the Bible. Mm. So why do I now need external books? And they're saying yes, but this heard this did that, did that did that. Um, the council that came together to form the Bible excluded some books, and we've got those books. Mm. So we've got a more complete Bible. And I'm just like, your your argument is being shot down by your argument against the Bible, mm. because you're making arguments against the Bible that I can use against your book. And that books that you're presenting as well, mm. but they're holding on to it that we've got truth. Mm. So exactly as Marcus was saying, heads need to come together, but we need to come together from the position of together 
what is truth. Mm. No, I've got the truth, you guys need to conform to me. Not trying to defend the truth, but collectively searching the word and seeing all that cool. Let's submit to the word of God. Let's submit to the spirit of God. Yeah. What is God saying? Yeah. How do we move together as one? How can we show the love? How can we show that we are unified within, within this form? Even if our expressions of worship is different, they're still valid. They're still valued before God because God has given us those expressions of worship. Uh, and I think... Sorry, go on. Please go ahead. Um, I think a lot of the times leaders are more concerned with what's going on in their the walls of their church mm-hmm. and so they don't have time to think about unless you want to come and be part of us we don't have time to talk to you because I remember when I was going to my old church there were four services in the same building and two of them happened at the same time so we were in separate rooms so for the same church or for different so it's a community hall okay right, right, right so right, we right. rented out the hall right. and initially we were the first church in there and then they realised they can make money out of running out the hall, right? So they used the other room and there was crossover. So sometimes people would come to the hall to maybe visit our service and end up in their service <laughs> or vice versa. Like people would walk in and end up at our service. And I was, I was always saying like, we should talk to these people and see like, why, if we're having church at the same time, at the same place, mm. can't we just have one service mm. and, and finish? My pastor was like, that's messing up no. someone's business. No. <laughs> yeah, it's so, it is. Tires and offering. Right. <laughs> well, we have to split that now. Boy. Split it. Split it. Split it. Now, my, my congregation paid more, so I'm saying 60. <laughs> yeah. 60%. Hmm. And, yeah, I think with um, churches are quite, like, if, you, if you're under an umbrella church, then you're quite happy to have other churches join your umbrella mm. so that you can be bigger. But um, a lot of the times there's churches in the same street that don't know each other, that don't talk to each other. Mm. Um, Praise House in Croydon has got how many levels and services are going on on all the levels mm. at the same time. And I just think we don't have the right mindset yeah. um, to even... I think another issue is you get I don't know how right this is, but you get some churches that are very protective and at the same time suspicious of other churches. Um, so there was one time I'm, I'm going to call them out. I went to um, I went to one. Well, this is just a leader from Potter's house. Come. Leaf branch here. Leaf branch here. Okay. All right. All right. Man down. <laughs> Tell my fiance I love him if I don't make it. <laughs> uh, no, but I, I went to, I just went to one of the leaders. I was like, oh, because they always, you see them always in Croydon High Street, they're doing like a really good work. I was like, oh, you guys are doing a good work. Um, just wanted to speak to youth leadership, see if we can do something together. I was like, uh, who are you? Where church are you from? Yeah, you're going to have to speak to my pastor, send this email to this person. Like, really cold, really like, stay away. And I was like, okay, cool. But it's like, that only adds to the problem mm-hmm. and they're supposed to be I think also Pentecostal so I'm the same even on the same denomination and yet <laughs> do you know what in, in all honesty I faced the exact same situation where the exact same church mm. um, back in the day when I used to go to my first church saying no names <laughs> I went to Croydon and I saw these guys they like the youth they were 
on it. Mm. I'm on the bus. This guy steps up. Jesus is your savior. I see one man. Oh my God. <laughs> but the guy was just going ham. And I just felt within me, I was like, to see youth who are actually standing up on the bus to, to share the gospel. Mm. I was like, yo, that's dope. So I started talking to him. That's not very practical though. It's not. But just hey. to see, just to see that boldness. Right. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it is. <laughs> so I say, I, I say, you need to contextualize what you just okay, said. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> when I say it's not very, because the Bible says, go, go ye out into all the world, and it was speaking about systems there. Mm-hmm. Transport is one of them, <laughs> and preach the gospel, bidding wonders to come, etc., etc. Mm. So, so we know that word is seed. And seed takes time to germinate either immediately with immediacy or take some time. So how are you in position to make such a judgment? It's not I mean, a judgment. It is a judgment. You said about it being impractical. Really? By impractical, what I mean is instead of shouting your message out on a bus and hoping that it, it lands on someone, it will be more practical to go up to someone and have an actual conversation with them. No. The reality is is that as the Bible says a sower to sow, so the Bible says. Mm-hmm. He didn't say he sowed a seed, he sowed seeds. Therefore, when he did so, they all fell on different types of ground according to the heart of the people. Mm-hmm. I may go and speak to one if God then leads me to do so, then cool by his spirit. But if not, then if I go on bus and scream out, I go on bus and scream. Mm-hmm. We've got babies screaming on the bus, we've got people screaming on the bus, mm-hmm. we've got people rocking and making loud music on the bus. Yeah. If I want to go up on the bus and tell somebody about Jesus and tell people about Jesus, Sorry about that. I'm going to do it. <laughs> According to the law, I'm allowed to, so long as it is I don't use a microphone. So I'm even within the law in doing so in this country. People, please take note. If you want to go and then evangelize, uh, you are in the law to do so. No, because, because in as much as I, I agree completely with that, my, my issue has been where that style of... Um, Evangelism, if I call it, that has is forced on everyone in the sense of everyone has to stand up on the bus and then shout, or stand in the middle of Croydon and then shout, "You're going to hell! You're going to hell!" And I don't think I think God's created us all individually and, and all unique, and given us all His Spirit to lead us as to when we're to act and how we're to act. And I don't think you have to enforce one way that maybe works for you on everyone around you. Mm-hmm. And that's that's one thing that I find with not all, but some people that operate within the fivefold. Mm. So, so hold up, hold up before you, because you're going to progress. But yeah, just for that, yeah. I'll, I'll, <laughs> oh, in, in in terms of practicality, I think I, I would say it's dangerous to say it's impractical because you don't know what God's doing, and you don't know what that word that that person took out his earphone to hear will then result in his life later on. If that makes sense. Yes. Yeah, well, so I, I think it's as the spirit leads, man, as the spirit leads. Well, I will say, in, in addition to that, and kind of in agreement with you, mm. is that I've seen it done sometimes without wisdom, or seemingly without wisdom. Because mm. I don't know, God might have said, say specifically this way. Mm. But um, some people's message are more works based than Christ has come to die for you. Mm. Rather, you're a sinner, you're going to help. Mm-hmm. And it's trying to frighten people into it. Some people it works. 
First of all, I don't want to go to hell. Uh, oh my god, let me find out. <laughs> How can I go to hell? Um, but others, it's like telling them about the work of Christ on the cross. And God works through that, through the Holy Spirit to draw them. And sometimes the message, I'm just like, you're not necessarily doing Christianity a service by just shouting out, you're gay, you're going hell. You, you, you're pushing a baby. I don't see a ring finger. You're going to hell. <laughs> this, and it's just like, in that, you're not really using wisdom. You're presenting, you're not really presenting. Judgment and yeah, judgment and criticism. Whilst Jesus came and embraced these people, mm. lived life with them, and shared the gospel as he was doing that. Mm. But when people are actually presenting the gospel, like, yo, like, you sin, you sin, we all sin. Christ has come to die for us. Mm. Not necessarily trying to trivialize sin. But showing that where sin abounds, grace abounds the more. Mm. And presenting that message. Um, yeah, so that. I do see sometimes, it's not, I don't really see wisdom in it. But I do, I do have to admit that when I see people out on the street doing that, I genuinely get happy. Because mm. I'm like, God, thank you that there are people who are willing to step out for you. Mm. Even in the midst of, it's not going to be popular. There are people are going to be looking at them strange. They might get assaulted. There's still people that are willing to step up for you. And that's exactly what these guys did for me. I was just like, God, like this is really dope. Mm. I really like that. I prefer sitting down with people and sharing life with them and talking to them and trying to impart personal stuff to them rather than doing it generally. Mm. Um, but I was thanking God for these guys, so I started to talk to them. And I was like, all right, cool, like, my church is doing a youth service. Would you, would you guys like to come? And they generally said to, said to me, you can't come unless we have permission from our pastor. That's and I was like, okay, how can I go about trying to get permission from yeah. your pastor? Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, cool, pastor's here, come at this time. Uh, I said, I've got flyers, I can jump up. He was like, yeah, do all of that, go to him. So I went to him, I was like, all right, cool, this is the flyer, this is the service, this is where it's at, this is the time. These are the people in charge, get in contact with them, this and that. No contact back from this guy. Like, mm. he took the flyer. And literally, when he took it, I saw his face, took it, just shoved it to the side, looked at me, okay, cool, thank you, you may go. Mm. And that was it. it. It was just like, it was just a barrier, where it was just like, these people are mine. Mm. I'm not going to let them go out. And I've heard quite a lot of things about that church, I'm not really going to say much. I call that Potter's House, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not, I'm not really going to say much about that. <laughs> I also got my church though, right? Yeah. My church that I grew up in, we weren't allowed to visit other churches um, unless they were under our umbrella so our pastor was very um, controlling in the sense that he was like you come here on a Sunday this mm-hmm. is your church you need to be here every Sunday and um, I remember once like my friends left our church to go to another church and I had asked my pastor permission if I could go and visit them at the church and he told me that um, they even and um, if I go and visit them, I must not come back. And that's because that particular pastor has exchanged the belief in Christ for culture and fair. Yeah, mm. definitely. And that's ridiculous. Mm. And there is a dominance, particularly in certain denominations, which it is that they present very strong. I was in the church before, and, and the, the minister said to me that it is impossible me to visit another church because if you visit another church you will be hurt I said well what's interesting is the church I'm in you are hurting (laughs) and I gave him a description I said that you 
I gave him a description, I didn't tell him that part. I said, it's interesting. I said, look on this story. I said, imagine you have a, a, a wonderful bird in a cage. Now you open the gates of the cage, but you clip his wings. Can the bird fly? He said, no. I said, I am that bird. Mm. And therefore, for that reason, I'm leaving. Mm. And he said to me, my goodness, why would you even go? I said, because you are more fearful than I am in regards to me making sure I'm making it to Christ. Mm. So we have to part ways. Mm. I think it's a thing where anybody who's not in leadership seems to know what the problem <laughs> with, with how the church is yeah. run. Yeah, so like everyone else knows like the problems mm. that leadership have with running the church. So how is it these people come into power or stay in, stay in their leadership positions if the church that they're supposed to be leading don't have confidence in their ability to lead? I, I, I think it's easy to it's easy to go away from when I when I first start church I'm I'm all good to rely on God for everything. When I start getting responsibility, it's easy for that to shift my focus from the grace that I first started with to now works, if that makes sense. And now I am entrenched in leading these people. The, the, you know that that pressure's on me, and it's easy to just get caught up in don't go and visit another church or if you go here you know you could die like my, my mom actually told me a story about if you know if someone left church of pentecost and then they went to die so it's like if you leave you're going to die it's like no <laughs> you laugh it's not that bad i'm not like in a corporate time it's not that serious I have to agree with what Peter said because now in as much as this isn't you've got a drink right behind you on your phone. Oh no, it's empty. Okay. It's empty. Um in as much as this isn't exactly the same context, but when I was in LSA in schools, I used to I used to notice the faults with the way the teachers were teaching. Mm. And I I used to notice how the Children with learning difficulties and special educational needs were kind of be were kind of slipping through the cracks. I could notice that a lot more easily because that I was in that position to kind of pick up on it. Mm. But since my role changed and I was more teaching support and I was teaching lessons, I realised that I didn't have the ability to address those in the classroom because I had other responsibilities mm. that kind of took more weight and more pressure than that took more emphasis within the lesson context mm. than that, unfortunately. Mm. So that's why we needed both teachers and the LSAs to work in unison to make sure that everything was happening. Mm. And I think this that, that would be something that churches would have to implement in terms of leadership listening to the congregation, the congregation listening to the leadership. Mm. It, we need to remember that just because you're in leadership doesn't mean that you're above the congregation. Mm. God has put you in charge of them, but you yourself, you're still a sheep. Mm. In as much as you're a shepherd and you're still a sheep yourself, and you should be you should be humble enough to be able to listen to other sheep. Um, we sometimes find pastors or leadership who surround themselves with like-minded individuals, mm. individuals who will just agree with what they're saying, not necessarily challenge them on certain things. And even if they are challenging them, it might just be I challenge you to increase the amount of people coming to your church, mm. or increase the amount of how much people are tithing. Mm. or increase how many people are coming for an altar call mm. not necessarily challenging your character mm. challenging to see if you're in line with the word challenging to see if you're truly loving the sheep mm. but rather tangible things that we can count and we can measure mm. but those are not leaders, those are thieves <laughs> Whoosh. Again. that's a very good way of putting it 
very good way of putting it. Mm. Even though I, I, um, I based the question, I think it must be said that those not in a leadership position, it's very easy for, for us to think that change is easy mm. and think that we know what the solution is, mm. only to find that once you get a position within the church, you realise that it's not as easy as you first I thought it was. The only reason why it's difficult for us to make change is because we don't have a process of change in our processes. And what we don't do is we don't really evaluate what is working in the sight of God. Mm. And if we had that as a premise in the way that we were working in the first place, then we wouldn't have a problem in us having change. Because actually, one of the biggest change masters that we ever experienced on the earth was Christ. Mm. And actually, the whole thing for his role, what he did, what he spoke, was all about change because he was kitting against a process, a system, a culture, a denomination, and a system which called itself something to do with God when actually it was all to do with man. And I believe that we have continued to translate that into our systems in regards to the way it is that some of us continue to have leadership what we're dealing with on a day-to-day basis. A leader who is happy to lead is happy to hear. Mm. and happy to move to action Mm. because they know that they represent God and God's business on earth in regards to what he did through Jesus Christ was change Mm -hmm. so if we've got a problem with change we have a problem with Christ Mm. and we have a problem with Christ then who are we? (laughs) and that's where you get leaders that will take like when when leaders are selected I told you not leaders it's thieves (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah thieves that are happy to pick other thieves or or like from the congregation to come and join them and then come and um, uh, replace them as as that process goes along but where I think you will see growth is where people are more reliant on okay who's God selecting to come up Mm -hmm. and it might not be someone that I agree with but we believe this is who God is. That one is fire! <laughs> According to scripture, that's what they did. Mm. When they chose men of God, and when they chose people of God, they said, uh, they called the people, is mm. this person of good report? Mm. Are they full of the Holy Ghost? Mm. Are they people that actually read their word? Are they people that have good character and working mm. with it? That's how people were chosen. Yeah. Now we choose you because I like you. Mm. I like the way you dress. Mm-hmm. You happen to be my family member. You're my family. You're trying to be You're trying to be my family. You are part of the leadership team. Oh, doctor, come. The thing is, yeah, I use, I'm going to mention this pastor as an example. A good example, John Piper. <laughs> like when he said when he first took over leadership of his church, um, they didn't have any eldership. Mm. It was just I, I could be misquoting it, but his el- he didn't see the biblical model of eldership within the church. And he said, knowing that he's just taking it over, he tried to bring change, but there was resistance at every point. It took him twenty years. Mm. to implement a biblical model of eldership in his church and that was 20 years of consistently beating against the grain Mm. and trying to work on it and now Mm. the system that they've got in is their eldership comes in on a rotational basis Mm. so every every person part of the pastoral team is on the eldership team Mm. by default you're a pastor and elder but then they pick um, qualified elders as well so they might send people for eldership training and then they pick lay people of the congregation to be part of the eldership team as well and they rotate them mm. so I think it's every four years or something like mm. that they'll rotate those who are in they'll go out another batch will come in mm. and then they keep it rotating and he's saying it, it, it's, it's not a case of 
just because you spent four years doesn't mean you can't spend another four years, but there's very much prayer and consideration that goes into it. Mm. So it might be a case of you've just finished a four year rota, mm. but he feels God saying, no, you need to continue the next four years. So we'll be like, all right, cool, you know what? As a group, we've prayed and we believe that God is saying you need to continue. Mm. So you're going to continue for the next four years. But for the rest of the people, we're going to change you up. So continually and consistently, there, there's a fresh voice. Mm. It's, it's not just, it doesn't become stagnant. Mm. And it's not just the same group of people that are in the leadership. Mm. But they always get new people coming in with new concerns, new things and new perspectives. Mm. New different people who've studied slightly differently and come in with different revelations of the word and stuff. Mm. And different people ministering onto the congregation slightly differently. And everyone's being built up, everyone's being edified. And when I saw that, I was like, yo, like, I just thought it happened overnight. Mm. But 20 years to implement mm. that system into it, mm. that shows the, uh, the level of long suffering and determination and perseverance of a godly shepherd mm. to be able to implement change in, in the church. Yeah. Um, mm. I know that time is a bit yeah. peak, yeah. but um, I just wanted to mention as well. In terms of the firefall that I mentioned, yes. yeah. what I wanted to mention was that I think I mentioned it before, but for some people, um, some people that operate within the firefall, mm. if say like your leadership is an evangelist, you, you might tend to find that that's the major thing that gets pushed in the church, evangelism. Mm. And they won't necessarily focus on pastoral, mm. teaching, prophetic. Yeah. It will just be evangelism because the main guy is an evangelist. Yeah. And if the, if the main guy is a prophet, you might see prophecy being pushed rather mm. than pastoral, teaching, yeah. evangelism. Or the other, or the other fire. And so, sometimes it could, they could kind of get into uh, and pigeonhole themselves mm. and not necessarily embrace fully all the firefall, yeah. the, the fullness of what God is kind of bringing. Mm. But even in that, as you were saying, and I think you even mentioned it before, where there's a church who, whose pastor is an evangelist, yeah. and he's very heavy on evangelism, but he's very open to collaborating with other churches that have other emphasis yeah. and working with them to different facets and like expanding him, himself. But that's not church. what the Bible says. The Bible says that the fivefold ministry is designed specifically for the edification of the saints. Mm. It speaks very specifically in regards to its function. Mm -hmm. And therefore, because of that, that means that you can't have one leaning to anything. Mm. What we should, should be have. seeking for is for the fivefold should be part of the eldership and leadership body of the church. Yeah, every yeah. single church. Yeah. Yeah. Every single church. Yeah. Yeah. And that's because we have a model that we are using, which is that there is one or two, a couple people at the headship yeah. of the house, yeah. and whatever yeah. they lean to, yeah. that's the thing that we hold fast to. Yeah. And that becomes the, the mission statement for the body that we're yeah. in, the house, the domination, whatever you want to call it. Mm. And actually, that's so, not what yeah. Christ speaks about in his word at all. Mm. He's very clear on, on you know, being balanced, so much so that when he sent them out, he sent them two by two. Mm. You check yourself, therefore we make sure and link you with somebody else. Mm. The Bible lets us know very clear on that scripture that it's the prophetic and the apostolic that work together to give birth to the church in the first place. Mm. And But then the thing that governs the church is your eldership or your fivefold ministry. Mm. Mm. Really? Fix up. It's <laughs> oh, <laughs> a good thing we didn't mention names, you know? Otherwise, people will be down on Facebook. Who is this guy? <laughs> I love I think, it. I love it. Be yeah, fix up. That's fix up. up. I think that's a tap. That's fix up. <laughs> 
Mystery speaker who has <laughs> tried to ask us the conversation. Beautiful. Thank you, thank you so much. Yeah. Um, Thanks. Um, give me a second, sorry, my mind is just trying to. <laughs> fix up. Yeah, man. Intro, um, outro music, partners in rhyme. Oh, yeah. Partners in rhyme, shout out to Calvin Turner. Mm. Is it Calvin Turner? Calvin yeah. Turner. For, yeah. for the logo. Yeah. Um, you can find us on Twitter at The Furnace UK. You can email us at tbsfurnace at hotmail.com. You can find us on soundcloud.com soundcloud.com forward slash the blacksmith's furnace no apostrophe you can mm. find us on all good podcasting sites at the blacksmith's yeah. furnace with an apostrophe uh, oh yeah nancy meat starts this doesn't it yes 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 so i've been kind of like quietly hinting at it for the past few weeks nancy meets is a interview series that uh, i had the pleasure of working on uh technical directing and uh it's yeah it's an interview series five episodes of interviews with millennials that are doing things for Christ. Uh, first episode airs 7 p.m. next week, Saturday. Next week, Sunday, the 4th. Uh, September the 4th. Uh, find it on Hairwalk TV YouTube channel. Um, we'll be tweeting about it at the furnace. And will it be actual 7 o'clock or will it be more 7 o'clock? No, it'll be actual 7 o'clock. Okay. No, Are you from the shit? Just making no, sure. When, when, when I say 7 o'clock, <laughs> my yes is my yes, my no is my no. Oh, so no! <laughs> The shots right there. <laughs> yeah, no, seven o'clock. Um, yeah, seven o'clock. Um, is that everything? That's everything. Is that everything? Yeah. Yeah, I can't think of anything else. My general Pete Connor. Um, Ed and Hot. Ah. Um, yeah. Blog. Hmuse H.wordpress.com. Instagram. Um, Instagram at Hmuse H. Hunter Sharp collaborations, work, whatever. Let me know, obviously. If you, if you call Blacksmith Furnace, I'll give you a cheeky little discount. See how it goes. <laughs> Easy. Well, right. then, this is the Blacksmith Furnace signing out. Blah. <laughs> Fix up. <laughs>